What's going on, world family? It's your boy, Donald Jones, a.k.a. DJ, and welcome to another episode of Journey of the Mindset. I have a great guest here today. Um, I've known her for a short amount of time, but the very first time that we met, we had a very, very deep conversation. I learned so much about her. She learned so much about me. I thought that it would just be amazing to have you on the show and you to just basically tell your story and some of the things that you're doing and where you're trying to go. So without further ado, um, I'm just going to like hand this show over to Millie right now and just let her know who she is and what she's doing and the great work that she's out there doing. So what's going on? What's going on, Donald? I look at the great work you're doing. Amen. Hi. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying. I'm trying. You know, it's just tiring <laughs> sometimes, but you know, I really, really try. Yes. You, you know, um, one thing that I learned about like the work that, you know, that I'm doing is mm-hmm. that um, you have to touch a lot into your own personal life. Yes, you And do. you have to pull a lot out from the things that you've been through and experiences. Yes. And um, I want to know, like, when you're when you're on your journey, first of all, let's just back it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. What is it that you're doing? What is your journey? What are you what are you working on right now? Well, right now I'm, I'm working on um, living in spite of which is, um, you know, in shortcuts, LISO. So what it does is it focuses on mental illness, um, depression, anxiety and how to live in spite of that emotion because we have to think emotions are can be strong or they can be you know um light and it's up to you to decipher which emotion you want to capture you so i was diagnosed with depression and anxiety years ago after losing my parents um a month apart yeah it's very depressing but i had to learn that two things can't occupy the same space Mm -hmm. depression And anxiety, yes, negativity, positivity, they cannot occupy the same space. So I had to learn. I had to choose. Do I want to be negative about this situation? Of course, I'm going to be depressed about it. But depression is is a state of mind. It's an emotion that's naturally going to happen. But it's up to you to decide if you want to be um, negative or positive. And that, that negativity, that negative action can lead you down a different path. That positive action can lead you down a different path. So, um, that's where Liso came into play. So what, I, and I just want to go back a little bit. What are, what are some of the techniques or some of the things that you do to keep yourself in that positive state? Is, um, mm-hmm. because one thing that I know that I found myself, because I was actually diagnosed with depression when I was a young kid mm-hmm. and it was something that obviously I didn't understand. And around that time, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, date myself, but <laughs> around that time, um, it was something that people, especially in, 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 you know, where we come from in our culture, um, it was something that was just overlooked. So, like, what are some of the things that you can say that actually, like, you you said to yourself, you know what, I need to pull myself out of this situation, or I need to change my mindset, mm-hmm. or I just want more, I want better for myself. Like, what was it that you did um, that and applied to your life to help you get out of that, that, that the mindset? Um, well, first, you have to allow yourself to feel the emotion because it's natural. What a lot of people tend to do is say, for instance, you're going through a breakup. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. They basically try to force themselves to feel the opposite because everybody wants to feel happy. Right. Everybody yeah. wants to tell someone, you know, the number one question you get asked is someone bumps into you in the street. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. Nobody wants to say, oh, I feel like a piece of crap. Nobody wants to say that. But if you do say that, you would be amazed because once you realize how you feel, Mm -hmm. you can then do something about Mm -hmm. it. If you say I'm sad, you say, but I don't want to be sad. I want to be happy. You can do something about that sadness. But if you say I'm happy, you're going to be fake happy. Mm -hmm. And guess what fake happy leads to? 
oh, I want to go out for a drink. You go out for a drink, you get sloppy drunk, you pass out in the yes. street. Yes. But if you're genuine happy, you go out for one drink with a friend, you talk to that friend, you say, I'm, I'm happy to have you in my life, friend. And you're genuinely happy. So that's one tool that I learned to use is to realize my real emotion. Mm-hmm. If it's sadness, if it's happiness, if it's confusion, if it's anxiety. And I say, okay, I feel this way. Number two, what can I do about it? Number three, how can I be held accountable for continuing to do something about it? You, you It's hard to just get up in the morning sometimes for some people. Yes. But when you're able to get up, you need to really pat yourself on the back like, wow, I got out of bed. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. You got you to gotta recognize the small things first before elevating. Yes, yes. You know, so that's that's a tool that I use. I, I recognize the simple things that I'm able to do in life and I also naturally allow myself to feel how I'm feeling at the moment but not stay there. Did you feel um, isolated at one point in time where you feel like um, you didn't want to talk about what you were going through because you felt like nobody would understand? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And did you, when you, when you did speak on it, did it start to feel a little better? It did. It yeah. did. Because a lot of people like to hover in those feelings because it's, it, you feel like it's embarrassing to say you're feeling certain negative feelings. Yeah. But eventually you learn in life it's not. Because when we're children, we're very honest, right? Mm-hmm. If you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, you say, oh, that's okay. No. If you're four years old and you wanted, uh, as a boy, you wanted a Super Mario Brother Nintendo yeah. game and you didn't get it. Exactly. You didn't say, mommy, daddy, it's okay we didn't get the game. Yep. You're like, I want the game. I'm sad. You cry. As we get older, we learn how to sugarcoat these feelings. And guess what? It yeah. turns into mental illness. It turns into you being seen now. You ever see those people? Oh, I'm fine. I'm great. I'm great. But you know, deep inside... They're not great. I, I, I was one of those people. It, it, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I spoke about it on a few of the, um, the podcasts where I, um, I I walk around and I'm joking and I'm smiling and I'm playing all the time. But mm-hmm. the moment I get in my car, the moment I get home and I'm by myself, mm-hmm. I, I have to face me. And there was mm-hmm. a time where I was just like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm tired of coming home to myself That's it. and then having to deal with these feelings. Yep. And I spoke about one time just getting out of bed was hard like to, to get my foot on the floor was just so painful mm-hmm. and I just didn't want to do anything you know right. I really just I, I it was just one day that I was like you know what I need to get this this can't continue mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the thoughts in your head with you not being able to control it yep. was something that right really just like broke me and then this is the weird thing though I didn't even know what the problem was that that's the right. scary part is when you when you when you feel like your mind is out of control. You have no control of your thoughts and then you're hurting mm-hmm. and you really don't even know why because there's 10 million things that shooting in and out of your head. Exactly. You know, exactly. and that's why I think, you know, it is very important. And, and I wanted to ask you, how mm-hmm. was it that you've got out of there? Because um, a, a lot of my, um, the people that do follow me are women mm-hmm. and I do get, um, you know, DMs and, and they'll tell me like, Hey, you know, well, what did, you know, how did you get out of this? How did you get out of that? Um, and a lot of them, I think I was telling you before we even turned on the mics mm-hmm. that a lot of them was like, when are you going to have a woman on your show? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like right now I got the most powerful woman in the world oh, wow. that I'm sitting in front of me because <laughs> just for you to be able to come up here and share, mm-hmm. that's great. People aren't talking about this. They're, they're not talking about it. I mean, cause it's, it's, uh, especially it's a stigma in our community. And, yeah. you know, we, we, we are a community that's learned to suppress things. Yeah. We've learned to suppress feelings. We've learned to suppress emotions, it's especially, and I don't mean to get spiritual and, and bring the church into it, but, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be centered spiritually, but know yourself first mm-hmm. before you, you, you let the, the spiritual 
aspect taked over. Know, know who you are. I know who Millie is. Mm-hmm. Now I'm comfortable in any church I go to because yeah. I, if I go to that church and they say, oh, do you do you go to counseling? Do you seek therapy? Do you get help? Yes, I do. Prior knowing the importance of therapy, I stigmatized it. I said, I don't know. I'm going to pray. Prayer and therapy go hand in hand. Yeah. It's worked miracles for me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but did you lose, did you lose like, um, did you lose spirituality? Did you, did you feel like your relationship with God was like becoming more distant? I felt it became closer because God genuinely knew me mm. and I genuinely knew him. I didn't know God for my parents. I didn't know God for the community. I knew God for me. Mm. I didn't want an artificial relationship with God. Me and God have a genuine, real relationship. He's with me in the club. He's with me in church. He's with me mm. at work. He's with me with my friends. He's with me when I have a glass of, of martini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you take God everywhere with you. Um, people have the tendency to try and hide God from certain areas of their life. He's with me when I'm sad. You know, I, I try to stay sad instead of depressed. I try not to let those words claim me. So um, we, we, we just, especially with women, um, we have so many emotions and what women tend to do, which is why we are um, the number one disease of women is heart disease mm-hmm. because um, women tend to, to, to just sugarcoat their feelings and emotions. Yeah. Um, because we have to be strong. We have to be mothers. We have to be wise. We have to, some of us are CEOs. Some of us are managers and we, we, we don't, want to cry. We don't want to um, recognize when we're sad. We don't want to have feminine power because we feel like it's considered weak. Listen, sometimes at work when I'm sad, I close my door and I cry. And some, you know, and it's not about work. I may just think about my mom. And if a coworker comes in and asks me, were you crying? I say, yes. I'm not afraid to say I cried. A lot of people are afraid to say they cried one time in yeah. life. <laughs> Why? It's, it's, you're not afraid to say you smiled. Yeah. It's just an emotion. Yeah. Happiness is an emotion. Sadness is, is an emotion. Excitement is an emotion. But everyone is so afraid to admit when they're depressed. Yeah. Why, why do you think, do you think that um, it's more um, society, like you, they, they, they feel like they're going to be judged? Or do you feel like it can just be more so an internal conflict where you're like, you know what? I can get over this myself. I can do this myself. I don't want to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, so you, the question you're asking is yeah, more so like what like okay so for me I know that it was more so me mm-hmm. like it didn't have anything to do with me saying um, I think that if I tell people they're not going to understand they're going to hate me it was more so me saying in myself like nobody's going to understand me mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to anybody about mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. but then there's a stigma that's out there where mm-hmm. um, people don't want to say anything yes. because they feel like Somebody's got prime example. I was having a conversation the other day with a young lady, and she was telling me that she mm-hmm. told her mother that she was depressed. Mm-hmm. First thing that her mother says is, "You're not depressed." Yeah, right. yeah, like yeah, they no, yeah. And yeah. then she said, "Well, this is the reason why it took me so long to say anything to you guys about it because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I felt like you guys wouldn't understand, and y'all just gonna shun me off." And exactly right. what she thought happened. Yes, yes, so, exactly. So it's like. People are afraid, like they, they're embarrassed to talk about depression, but they'll talk about how happy they are in a split second. Yeah. But like I said, once you realize depression is just an emotion, just like mm-hmm. happiness is, it's easier to talk about. And if someone doesn't understand that, you have to understand what it is for yourself. And once you understand what it is for yourself, not be, like I, when I became depressed, I read up about it. I researched what depression was. Mm -hmm. I seeked help and I spoke to a clinical 
person who understood me. After that, I told my family. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we want everyone to understand what we're going through, and, and that's not their job. Ooh, that you wait a minute. Hold on. That that you know what? That right there was really powerful. Because I think that is and, 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 and yeah. minus, you know, just pushing depression far aside for a second. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a natural response of a human being where we feel exactly. like people are supposed to do, or right. people are supposed to understand. And they're not. They're they're not. And right. How do you get to that space where you're like, okay, you know what? Nobody owes me anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have to understand. Exactly. Because I was getting pissed off with people, man. Right. And I that's was- that's how you lose support. Yes. You know? Because um, like when I went through my grievance and I lost my parents, mm-hmm. I lost a few friends because I wanted them to understand my pain. But they had never been through what I've been through. Mm-hmm. And I said they can only support me in how they know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the, for instance, there was a situation I lost my mother to breast cancer where every year I would do the breast cancer walk with a specific friend of mine. Mm-hmm. When I lost my mother, I couldn't do the walk. Mm-hmm. And she called me. And she said, you know, I'm excited to do this walk with you every year. I look forward to it. I said, how dare you ask me to do a breast cancer walk? And I just lost my mother to breast cancer. Mm-hmm. You're not a friend. When I realized years later what I had done, I said to myself, how is she supposed to understand what I was going through? I was being selfish. So sometimes depression could also lead to you being selfish. Yes. Yeah. And that's the negative part about it, which is why you want to learn what depression is and how to cope with it in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. The unhealthy way to cope with it is to assume everyone will understand. Everyone should understand you. Yeah. And everyone owes you something. Nobody owes you anything. They haven't gone through it. Now, once you understand it for yourself, you get stronger in your coping method. Yeah. And therefore, strength is built Mm -hmm. and people learn how to behave around you. Yeah. Because you teach them. You say, listen, now, now, no, people know during Mother's Day, that's an extra sensitive time for me. So, you know, they're more careful because I've communicated with them. I don't think they're supposed to know. Yeah. Oh, you you know not to bring like if you're going through a breakup and Valentine's Day comes around, mm-hmm. not everybody treats it the same way. Yeah. You don't want to hear about, oh my, you're single and oh my man did this for me, did that for me. Why are you hating and being up? She's excited. Yeah. That's an emotion. Let her have that emotion. Yeah. Don't hate on her. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's something I had to learn. Yeah. That that's her happy. That's her emotion. I'm going to let her have that. Yeah. I'm not going to shun her for that. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing because um, I'm listening to you speak and it just seems like when you are dealing with depression, you have a, a, a lot more of a pile and weight that you have on top of you because not only are you dealing with the internal conflicts, mm-hmm. now you also have to focus on the people around you and, mm-hmm. and try to figure out how they're, they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Take yourself out of your mindset to try to um, understand what they're thinking about because what you said was very big. Mm-hmm. A few years later, you thought like she's not going to understand what I'm going through because she's never been through it. Right. And even in my mind, as somebody that's sitting across from you and you telling me the story about mm-hmm. when your mom passed away, I, like I, I'm sitting here saying, 
saying? Like, you know what? I, I would think that this would be the time where she wants to stand up or she wants to mm-hmm. get out there and go and, mm-hmm. and walk for her mom. And it, it's crazy because that right there would, would have been an argument. Like if me and you right. would have called me up and I, uh, I would have called you up and I'd be like, well, you know, like, why are you acting like that? I would have thought that this mm-hmm. would have been the time. And then in your mind, you're saying she just really doesn't understand. So let me right. make you understand. And this is where the, the, the back and forth comes in. Right. This is where a friendship was lost because yeah. I was so into my feelings and I was so, and not in a, in a clinical way, in the yeah. own, in the way I knew. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happens when you just assume, okay, I'm feeling depressed about this situation. Everybody's supposed to understand. I just lost my house. I, my car just got repossessed. Everybody's supposed to understand that I'm going through a hard time. Mm-hmm. But if someone comes around you in a positive spirit and you're feeling negative about your life and what you're going through, you're upset because they're supposed to, you know, feel for you. Yeah. And and that's that's what a lot of um, depressed people go through that don't know the true meaning of depression and how. Um, you're supposed to cope with it. It's yeah. it's your emotion. You have to learn how to um, deal with it first, mm-hmm. and 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 learn how to accept how people can can deal with you. Yeah. Like if the if the only you know the support I had that was that was how they knew how to support me. Yeah, yeah. That's how they knew, and, and I and I it wasn't good enough for me. Mm. But back then, but today I say that's how they know how to love me. That's how my friend knows how to support me. She's never been through it. I've never been through a divorce. So I can't tell a woman or a man how to cope with that. Yeah. All I can do is say, I'm here if you need me. Gotcha. So let me ask you this question. What did, what did therapy do for you? Therapy actually, it, it gave me a ground to be myself. Um, and, and to also let my guard down with someone who understood genuinely what I was going through. When you're talking with a girlfriend or a friend in general about what's going on, that's a lot of, of weight you're putting on that person. Mm-hmm. With therapy, I didn't feel like I was putting any weight on anyone. So I can definitely be real and honest about what I was going through. It mm-hmm. helped me to clarify my situation. Yeah. It helped me clarify what was going on in my head. There were millions of thoughts, like you said, yeah. running around in your head. You, you you were crying for no reason. You why am I feel why you're walking in the middle of Times Square, the, yeah. the city of lights, and all of a sudden you're crying. You're like, so what therapy does is it basically clarifies and organizes those emotions for you. Mm, organize, it, yeah. it, it organizes your yes. emotions. A lot of people are walking around with disorganized emotions. Yeah. You know, you like I, I said, um, negativity and positivity can't occupy the same space. Yeah. You ever see some people in the morning, they're uppity and they're happy and they're they're loving. And then by 2 p.m., they're like, get out of my face. Yeah. You're like, yeah. what happened to you this morning? What, yeah. what happened to you? Yeah. This, so therapy teaches you how to just be mindful of yourself, mindfulness. Yeah. If I'm washing the dishes. I'm washing the dishes. I'm not thinking about after the dishes, I have to put the food away. After, and when I'm putting the food away, I'm putting the food away. I'm not thinking about after I put the food away, I have to. So usually when people are depressed, there comes the anxiety. You're always thinking about the next thing instead of being mindful about what you're doing right now, yeah. what you're feeling right now. I'm feeling sad today, but by three o'clock, I think I want to be happy. Yeah. I, I'm 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 going to bed at ten o'clock at night. In the morning at eight o'clock, I think I want to wake up. Ha- you got to think about how you're feeling at ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Not about how you, you know. And eventually, if you're feeling sad at ten o'clock, you say, you know what? I'm feeling upset. I think I'm gonna just get some rest. You're not. 
try not to think about how you're going to feel in eight hours. Yeah. That's what therapy taught me. So mindfulness. One thing that um, I know that happens a lot, right? And, and then I'll, I'll, I'll share a personal experience that actually happened to me two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you don't feel the sadness or when you don't feel it for a while, mm-hmm. um, so I, I guess the example that I can give you is I, I'm doing journey of the mindset. So I speak a lot about my life mm-hmm. um, and things that I felt and, and that I've been through in the past. And I didn't realize that me digging into that dark vault, that it was going to start opening up things in my, my mind again. So two weeks ago, I wake up, find my normal, brush my teeth, take a shower, I'm mm-hmm. listening to motivation in the, in the morning, I'm great. Get into the car, turn on the car, don't know what, boom, just crying. I'm not talking about like the regular cry, I'm talking right, about it's like right. snot coming down type cry. Wow, wow, okay. And okay. I'm sitting here saying to myself, I have not had an episode like this in years. Yeah, yeah. And it was scary because I was I was no longer used to the feeling anymore. And oh, wow. I tried okay. to connect everything possible that I was doing now right. with the reason why I was feeling that way. And I came up a million with a million things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main thing that that stood out was that the work that I'm doing it's it's. It's like, in a sense, I have to relive it in order to mm-hmm. to help people. So you're coming into this into this space where you want to help, and you're going to start talking a lot about your feelings yep. and the things that you've been through. Yep. And so far, how have you how have you helping people opening up people opening it up to people and and starting to build a platform for yourself? How has that affected you? Is it something that you feel like um, you could just talk about doesn't bother you or you speak about it and later on down the line, you just think about it. Like, how are you coping with that more so? I know what you mean. Um, Cause like right here talking about my mom is really bringing back memories of yeah. her. What I've learned to do is embrace it. Mm-hmm. Now when there's a walk, breast cancer walk, I embrace breast cancer. I'm an advocate for it. Nice. I, through my my um, sorority, Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, I sit on the Z-Hope committee. Nice. I help them plan their walks. I embrace it. And, and sometimes when you, when you embrace things, you no longer think about the pain. Without struggle, there's no history. Mm-hmm. So if you think about yes. slavery and, you know, that's, that's, that was struggle. Now we have history. What you've gone through, that was your struggle. And now you've made history by overcoming it. Yes. So I think of it as I'm history. Yes. I'm living history. You, you're living history. Yes. So that, that's, that's, that's how I cope with it. My, my father passed away as well. Yes. Um, he worked for the New York City Transit. Mm-hmm. Every time I would walk by a train station, I would get depressed. I couldn't walk by a train station. Yeah. But now I embrace trains. I say, oh, I love the train. My my father built those tracks Mm -hmm. that people take every morning to work on 241st Street in the Bronx. My father was the the superintendent of the Dyer Avenue train station. I go to that train. I say, wow, that's what my I embrace it. But it took years to get there. Uh, I don't want to say years, but like, like, you know, I'm going to say it one more time without (laughs) struggle. There's no history. Yes. That is a hundred percent true. So that is a hundred percent. Embrace true. your struggle so you can be history. Yes. That is a listen. You can make history. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I, I always tell people you can walk around here with a doctorate. Mm-hmm. You can walk around here with all the certifications that you want. And it doesn't mean that you don't you don't know nothing. Obviously you studied it, you mastered right, it. Right. The experience mm-hmm. within itself is something 
to me, that's just beyond this world. Right. And to get past it, to be able to be in this space where you, you're you out there and you'll be able to talk about it. And then you get the DMs and you get people that's mm-hmm. like, you'll get the, and there's different type of people that you're going to get. You're going right. to get the type of people that, that's been in your life for a while that's going to say they never knew. Mm-hmm. Fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the people that's going to send you the DMs that you don't even know or, or try to get in contact with you and be like, I'm, I appreciate you from, uh, you know, one, one time um, I was checking my Instagram early in the morning and I got a DM and it was from a gentleman and mm-hmm. he said, I want to thank you for posting what you posted this morning because I was going to wake up and do something stupid. Wow. Don't know what he was going to do. Wow. But right then wow. and there, that was just telling me right there, like this is, you're, you're doing it for the right cause. People want to hear it. People That's want right. to speak about this stuff. Right, right. In order to lead sometimes, mm-hmm. you have to be the first person to do something or say right. something. Right, right. Same thing. And, and I definitely want to touch on, on, on this because um, I'm, I'm a guy that was raised by two women. I was raised by okay. my mother and my sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm a dude, but I'm definitely all about woman power. Right. So right, right. In, in the age of um, Me Too and mm-hmm. things happening and women standing up for themselves and women mm-hmm. um, having a voice. What can you say for a lot of women entrepreneurs um, mm-hmm. that's out there that that's struggling that's that's that that like you said earlier in the uh, podcast that are mothers that are out there going to school that are out there taking care of their kids? What do you say to them to, to the ladies that are really out there trying to do or make a difference? Mm-hmm. What do you say to them? What do I say to them? Yeah. To not shun your feminine power. Mm-hmm. A lot of CEOs, um, women of power, um, they forget about their feminine energy. Feminine energy is important because you're in these masculine, well, we don't want to call them masculine roles, but you're in these powerful roles. You feel like you have to neglect who you are naturally as a woman. Mm. I'm a CEO, so I have to have good posture, put your shoulders back. But remember, you're an emotional being, too. Mm-hmm. Once you shun that, that's what a mental illness slips in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a manager. Yeah, I manage a clinic. You know that mm-hmm. program. Sometimes I'm put in positions where I have to put on my masculine energy. Mm-hmm. I have to um, give protocol. I have to <laughs> hold staff meetings. I have to, you know. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, I remember I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be emotional on certain situations. I'm going to, I can't forget who I am. Don't forget you're a woman. Don't try to be a man because a woman on the head or the neck that turns the head. Don't forget you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Again, don't try to be a man. Use your feminine energy for a good cause. Mm. You know, I want to say this and I'm probably going to get in trouble by the men out there. Women are the head of everything. Mm-hmm. They are our emotional support. Mm-hmm. They let us know when we're being stupid. Mm-hmm. They let us know that we are stupid. <laughs> but if you really look at a I lot think of, you have a lot of men too that will that would agree. Yeah, no. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I can tell you, I, I can definitely tell you, um, a world without women would be very, very difficult because. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, uh, 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 listen, I'm about to lose half of my, my listeners right now. We do dumb things uh-huh. and you, yeah. we need a woman to say, listen, mm-hmm. 
you need to get it together, brother, because you right. being 34 years old and, you know, your, your income is really not yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what you're doing with your life, but it's time for you to get up and, uh-huh. and rise and be the brother that you know how to be. Uh-huh. Um, and, but you see, that's the feminine energy. Yeah. If you are not intact, if women are not intact with that feminine energy, they can't scope out that about a man mm. because they're too busy trying to be one. Mm. Mm. So if you realize you're a woman, you realize your energy, you realize your power, you realize your control, you know how to use it. Mm. Same with men. You have. I'm not knocking. Listen, I'm. I'm. I'm all for pride. I yeah. get it. But you, when you're a man, you also have to realize your masculine energy mm-hmm. and what that could do. I'm not going to try and fix my sink. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not saying women can't. Yeah, do yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But I, I know my limits. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I get it. So just, just, just be realize your feminine energy, and and from there. Trust me, you can do amazing things. One person that has realized that is Michelle Obama. Mm. She's realized her feminine energy and was able to have her husband rule the country. But guess who was ruling that country, okay? With that feminine power. You, she let, let, we'll let you be the man. <laughs> on the, on the, on the, you know, the front lines. <laughs> Listen. But behind the scenes... <laughs> No, no arguments here. I, I was raised by two women. Um, my mother, I, I, I would always say this. I, I look at look at my mother as being a superwoman. Like no, like she's she's just a hero because mm-hmm. my my mother raised me and my sister. Um, she raised us in the South Bronx. I've seen okay, that lady. Yeah, go to yeah, go to yeah. work, leave work, go to another work, leave mm-hmm. work, and then go to another job before coming home to sleep for two hours and, and starting right. it all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I can't thank her, you know, like, because you listen, mm-hmm. she could have said, I give up. Absolutely. A lot of women could say they yeah. give up, but, but you are her motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, go, going back to that, because, you know, I was, um, you know, I was raised um, by my mother and, and my father, but uh, my father, I saw masculinity when my mother wasn't around when she was at work, I saw him coming into work with the dirty boots on and the, the dirty vest from working on the track. But as soon as he got home, all of that went out the window. And mm-hmm. my mother said, don't put them dirty boots on my carpet. You better sit down. Here's your plate. And he was just turning to, okay. You know? I said, what happened? All of that flew out the window, right? Because he wanted to eat. forget that but he knew like my mother knew where her feminine energy was my father knew where his was and yeah. and, and uh the household ran accordingly you know and they had and, and, and so they and so another thing they have respect for each other right so except like hey you know what i know when to to to, mm-hmm. to step back and let him be the man and i know when to step back to let him right. be and, to and let her be the woman that happens too amongst um in a lot of relationships especially of color is, yeah. is i think um we we kind of forget our roles mm-hmm. or we don't want to admit them yeah. because uh, you like again going back to female CEO sometimes you have a CEO that's afraid to put on some high heels and a skirt and stand in a room full of men mm. and, and give a presentation because that's too feminine yeah. right yeah. but yet men are not afraid to wear suits and stand in front of a group of women and, and be masculine correct yeah. so so why do we why are we afraid of that I'm not 
That's that's the best time to show yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Some women are not. But yeah. but again, you were putting on lipstick and heels. They're like, oh my god, you know, I'm not going to be respected. You're not going to see the 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 um you know the power the control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> use it to your advantage. You have and you have to use it to your advantage. Even <laughs> even as 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 me um I, I and I and I I, I want to jump on race a little bit um you know being a black man and, and growing up I have a mixture of friends I have white friends I have black friends mm-hmm. um and one thing I, I said is when I'm hanging around my black friends I want to be the same way when I'm hanging around my white friends when I'm hanging around my white friends I want to be the same way when I'm hanging around mm-hmm. black friends and I use my time especially yeah. and, and it's weird because it's like you you don't really want to say that you have a stereotype in your head mm-hmm. but when I am hanging out with my my white friends. I do, um, I do tend to feel like I have to prove more. So, like, if we're having conversations, mm-hmm. I feel like I have to be a lot more intellectual. And then when I'm hanging out with my black friends, I can like kind of like, nah, I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. But I always try to f- try to make sure that I'm managing and staying even between the two. So even when I'm hanging out with my black friends, I find out I find that I'm doing the same thing when I'm hanging out with my white friends because I just want to stay the same. Right, right. In right. a sense, in yeah. a sense, I can say in my head like I'm I'm being the same way with both. But in, in all reality, I, yeah. I, I guess I. T- take that back more so i do have to switch it up in a sense yeah um do you feel like that also plays a part in how you become especially like kids that are growing Mm -hmm. up that have a mixture of friends Mm -hmm. um do you feel like that plays a mix in how you grow up and how you become and does depression play a role in that you seeing the two separate type of friends and the Mm -hmm. two separate type of lifestyles and you Mm -hmm. saying okay i'm this person i relate Mm -hmm. more to here but i want this Mm-hmm. Do you think that wow. that plays a part? Like you're not being comfortable in your skin. I I understand. I I hear you, and you said it too. You're not being comfortable in your skin. I um I definitely have a um I can relate to what you're saying because um I went to SUNY Oswego mm. in 2001 to 2005, 8% minority, mm. 8%. Um, I wanted to go to Howard University. I went to a campus visit. I stayed over a weekend with um, a room, um, two young freshmen hosted me for the weekend. I said, mom, I want to go to a black university. She said, no, trust me, you're going to appreciate this. I said, I want to go to a black university. She said, absolutely not. You grew up in a black community, black and Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. You need to be well-rounded in order to function in this country in the future. Mm-hmm. I said, what does that mean? She said, you'll see. When I got to SUNY Oswego, my roommate was a Caucasian young girl. I said, oh, okay. I was a little standoffish about that. And uh, now she lives in my community. We, we, I seen her recently. Um, we, we get along great. But what that did was I had to do what you did. Mm-hmm. I had a... Uh, um, a certain type of friends I, I had. I was with the Black Student Union, mm-hmm. and then I was hanging out with Christina and her her white friends. Yeah. And so I had to learn. Listen, Millie, be Millie. You see where I work. Yeah, it's very diverse. Yes, Millie, be Millie wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. I had to learn to be comfortable in that. So when I started hanging out with my white friends, I said, you know what? I'm going to wear my, my uptowns. Yeah. I'm going to wear my Nikes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wear my jeans and my wife beater. Um, and I'm going to rock it out. Nice. Eventually, they wanted to be like me. So when I'm in a meeting now today and there's a room of white people, mm-hmm. 
and I want to wear my dashiki, I'm going to wear it. Mm-hmm. If I want to wear braids, I'm going to wear it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and straighten my hair because of a meeting I'm going to that's my, you know, majority Caucasian in the room because I'm comfortable in my skin. But that was not me um, years ago. Mm-hmm. But when I realize sometimes, you know, when they say society, this society, that mm-hmm. you are a society. Yes. I'm society. Yes. Be your own society. Yes. Be a walking society. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm I saying? So yep. once you say I'm society, you could be wherever you are. Exactly. And, and, you know, wherever you are, there you are. Where, wherever you are, there you are. Let me tell you something. You are feeding me so much today. Like I, <laughs> you, you, you are saying things to me that is opening up my eyes to things. Um, I, 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 I love this interview and. I, I'm getting fed and I, I love to get fed. Let me tell you that right now. You got a happy appetite. I, I'm telling you right now, I came here empty and I'm telling you right now, I'm full. Like, I really, I'm really enjoying this. This, this. We're going to have to definitely do a part two. Um, we're, we're, we're running out of time, but there's something that we do here in Journey to Mindset. We ask three okay. questions. I'm going to do something a little different because I was asked a question to actually ask to a guest. Okay. And it's from a guy and he's in a relationship. Okay. And the question that he asked is, you, as a guy, he's in a relationship with his girlfriend. He was diagnosed with depression mm-hmm. at an early age, but never told his girlfriend that he's with now. He wound up having a few episodes. She's not understanding. Their relationship is on the rocks. What kind of mm-hmm. advice could you give for him more so? Or what kind of advice could you give for people that are in relationships that mm-hmm. do suffer from depression, but their partner just doesn't understand? Wow, because I was there. Mm-hmm. I, I understand what he's going through. I was that person in a relationship with depression. And... um uh, that that's a heavy load you putting on your partner. Mm. We're gonna go back to what I said in the beginning. Um, what what he um, can definitely do is is um, try and un- understand depression for himself and what it is, mm-hmm. and um, not be too hard on his girlfriend for not understanding. Yeah. But accept what she can offer. Yeah. If all she can offer is to make him a bowl of soup, that's what she can offer. And all she, if all she can offer is an ear, then that's what she can offer. Don't expect her to understand mm-hmm. what it is. Don't expect her to understand that you have your episodes. That's the only thing you can do is understand it for yourself and say thank you for being in my life. That's deep. That's that's it. And um, I wish the best to them both. Um, I learned from my past yeah. when I, you know, the. I put the key to happiness in his hands. Yeah. And um, I wasn't in, I was in control of the lock. He was in control of the lock. And I said, you know, no, you have to make me happy. No, he's supposed to make me happier. Um, he, you know, I, I, I definitely understand what he's going through. And, and then, like I said before, he just um, needs to understand the pressure for himself and don't be too hard on his partner. Yes. All right. <laughs> you're, talk, you're, you're feeding me. You're feeding me. All right. <laughs> Next closing question. Your why? Why? I know you told us a little bit in the beginning, but mm-hmm. why do you want to put yourself out there? Like, why do you want to put yourself through this? Why do I? Why do I want to put myself through? Yeah, do do just open it up to the world and, and tell it. Well, you know what the. Life has taught me, like like I said, I am my own history. Mm-hmm. You are your own history. Without struggle, there's no history. Mm-hmm. Embrace your struggles because you will be walking history. You will be a walking society. I grew up in the South Bronx. I was raised hearing bullets. I was raised walking over people that were stabbed. 
as a kid playing in the park with needles, heroin needles. And I had to live in spite of all that mm. as a young child hiding food stamps. When, remember when the food stamps were before oh, the yeah. BT card? Oh, yeah. My mother would be like, go downstairs and get, get uh-huh. some of the bread. And the dollar bills are bright yellow. Yeah, exactly. Yellow. You try to hide it. Y'all and the cashier it. knew it. She was like, okay, just slide me. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so at a young age, I was like, you know, I, I, had to, I don't know what it, what it meant, but I knew I had to live in spite of that. Yeah. I had to go outside and, and play in those, in those parks that had those needles on the floor, but also find the joy in that. Yeah. My father was an alcoholic, but I, he loved us in spite of being that. I seen him do it. He would, he would be, he would have his moments, but also say, I'm going to still tell y'all a bedtime, bedtime story. Mm. He was an alcoholic, but he lived in spite of that. Yeah. And I said, you know, all of those struggles in my life is what created me today. Yeah. And if you don't live in spite of, you will just exist in spite of. Which one you want to do? Mm. You want to exist in spite of, or you want to live in spite of? And when you're just existing, you're just going through the emotions in life. You're paying your bills, you're going to work, you're coming home. Before you know it, life has outlived you and you did not live life. So it's, it's up to you. And that's the why. Why? Because I've been striving to live in spite of my whole life. When you come out the womb, you still living in spite of, right? Yeah. When you when you you were the only sperm in the world to make it. What did that sperm have to do? It had to live in spite of yeah. all of those other three million mm-hmm. trillion sperm. I know we're getting physical here, but you made it. Yes. Right? So you started yeah. out living in spite of, so you might as well continue. Yeah. That's the why. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. You know what? Last question. Last question. We're gonna Because I'm telling you right now, this will be. We're gonna go off for like another hour. So, so let me ask you this: What would you say would be? What do you say the biggest takeaway of this episode should be for our for our um for our listeners, the people that are listening to this podcast right now? What is something the main objective that you really want them to take away from this podcast episode? The, the main objective I would really want you to take away is um, I'm just going to keep it simple. Live in spite of what you're going through in life the best way you know how. Mm-hmm. Don't try to live in spite of. Don't let anyone else define your situation before you defined it. Mm-hmm. If you're upset about something, you figure it out first. You don't let someone say to you, oh, I see you're upset. This is why. No, you say, no, I'm upset because of this. Now, what can you offer? Identify your situation for you. Identify what depression and anxiety is for you. Identify what happiness is for you first before listening to someone else's advice. We have wonderful YouTube videos out of people telling us how to live life. That's great. Mm -hmm. But you define how you live life first. And then you live in spite of you. You are amazing. Um, th- this this podcast right here, this episode is 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 deep for me. Um, where where? Please tell us where people can find you because I know I know I'm gonna get those DMs like where we want to know we can find like we'll, we'll put an IG up there something. Where can people find you? Yes, I am definitely on the gram. If you go to at underscore live in spite of, I am there. And um, DM me your questions. Um, I am more than willing to share. Ladies and journey. listen, <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm happy. I'm really happy because we've been trying to get this set for a little while. Yes, I know both of our have. schedules is crazy, but yes. today we was like, no, you know what? We're going to get up in here. We're going to do this. That's it. It was yes. it was worth the wait. Um, 
I I am so thankful for you. Uh, and I, I'm going to tell you right now, and I promise everybody that's going to listen to this episode, <laughs> this will not be the last time that you hear oh, on the show. Of course. I would love um, to come back. Absolutely. I, I will stalk you. I will come <laughs> to you. I know where you work. We do business together, so I know where you work. You know where I work. Um, yes, but do. <laughs> I, I, I truly appreciate you because um, for coming on and opening up the way you did um, and explaining yourself so clearly, I think that a lot of people and a lot of the listeners mm-hmm. will definitely um, be able to take away a lot from this episode. I appreciate that. Um, I hope so. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Journey of the Mindset. Um, I, I'm here with the dopest guest like that I have. You know, not taking away from Mr. Sherman Brown. Mr. Sherman Brown killed it on episode two. Go back to episode Absolutely. two and hear that too. But definitely don't come here. Don't listen to these episodes and just listen to it once. Go back, rewind it, share it with everybody. Share it with a friend. Share it with grandma. Share it with, with, with boyfriend, girlfriend. Share it with everybody. But everybody needs to hear this. I'm telling you right now. Until next time, world family. Peace. Peace.